0: Why are you laughing?
1: Because <laughs> the thing Silent Adam just did.
0: <laughs> what did he do?
1: He's just like cheering you on basically silently and it just, <gasps> it delighted me. <laughs> He's doing finger guns. It's like a twist on finger guns. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Talking Too Loud with Chris Savage. I'm your host, Chris Savage. I am joined, as always, by the holiday Refek. Sylvie Lubao.
0: <laughs> I liked it. You almost like looked like a little elf in that moment. I, I felt mean that... like an
1: elf. Kindly. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to take that as a compliment, I guess. It is
0: a compliment. It is a compliment.
1: You know, it's funny. The other day, my kids were listening to the uramine when Mr. Grinch song thing, and they just, uh-huh. everything is like, his smile is so crazy. He's fat. He's blah, blah, blah. And my seven-year-old was like... <laughs> Uh, oh, you're not that, daddy. Oh, you're not that. You're that. You're not that. You're that. And I was like, thanks for this. This is a delight.
0: Oh, my God. Savage. I love, like, I didn't even... Not your name. That's like savage to, <laughs> to just...
1: It Do was, a compare
0: and contrast with The Grinch. I like a, that. It's not
1: a thing I expected to experience, uh, but I appreciate <laughs> it. You know, a little critical thought. Uh, yeah. use the safety of home to like work out your 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 ideas. So I'll take That's it. That's
0: highbrow humor. That's highbrow humor at its finest. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. into it.
1: Yeah. Um, well, we're here at the third annual holiday episode.
0: This is our third time Very doing exciting. it.
1: Third time doing it. I
0: wish we had like little. Bells to ring.
1: Crackers that you pop open. You know those things? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: I've never used one.
1: They come with a nice (laughs) hat uh, that you can put on. So that's always good. Uh,
0: Yeah. I like Um, it.
1: And uh, we're going to take a look back at our favorite moments from the last year in Talking Too Loud. We're going to do our infamous gift recommendations. Love that. All these recommendations, people are buying them like crazy. So be careful. Flying off the shelves every year. Every year. single year. Um, but first, what's got you talking too loud, Selvi?
0: What has me talking too loud? Well, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that has me talking too loud. Uh huh. <laughs> White Lotus season two mm. just wrapped, mm-hmm. and I I'm sure that like anybody who is watching White Lotus has already seen the finale. But in the event that they haven't, no spoilers. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, Mike White, what? a genius what a genie genius
1: and what had he done um, before he's like a, I, I, he was an actor are you familiar in,
0: with white lotus season 1
1: yes but i okay. meant before he wasn't he like an wasn't he like one of the actors in like school of rock or something like yes, that yes yeah.
0: he's he's like the nerdy roommate ned yeah. Schneebly. anyhow this season was all about money and masculinity and uh italy and, mm. and it was just like one of the best shows I watched this year. So that that's what has me talking too loud.
1: Yeah, it was a great show. I was worried after the first episode because I love the first season so much. The first episode, second season, I was like, is this going to do it? I and know. And then I was like, and then you wait a week and, it, and you're like, yeah, I think it's on the path. And by the end, I was like, give me this. I, I need guess. this right now. Please. <laughs> <laughs> it was such I a like. delight. <laughs>
0: I like your evolution of of the voices.
1: <laughs> I mean, the sophomore album is always tough, so it's always nice when so they true. Deli- deliver something great. Um, so true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What about you? What has you talking too loud?
1: Well, I got this amazing text from a friend last week, and it was from um, a it was a screenshot from his company Slack of people talking about talking too loud, and love to see it. Basically, someone was like, "Hey, there's always a box in the corner of Chris's screen, like right there." and what's in the box. Tell me what's in the box. What's in the box, man? Um, Which just brought me pure delight because when I saw this I was embarrassed because the box was still there. Like at some point it got moved and it was not supposed to stay. It's not like part of the decor of my room to have a banker's box. But I figured (laughs) I would show you what's inside of it.
0: I'm dying to know. Okay. We must unbox. So,
1: this is the lid. This is the box, okay. Pretty nice box. What it's full of: sixteen millimeter films. Wow. Pamphlets for film festivals that I went to. Mm. Scripts I wrote when I was twenty years old. This
0: uh, is an ode to Savage TV in college. Tips. That's this is this is my box of stories. This is my it's box an ar- of an artiste's box, really. Uh, yes. So these are all films you've made.
1: Yes. Now, is a film ever done? I don't know. You know, uh, some of these are in progress works. I might pick back up. Uh, But uh, (laughs) yes, these are films (laughs) I made. Yes.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love that you've kept them and can look back on them and think of your youth because now you're old.
1: Oh, thanks for that. That, Nice. Just (laughs) it's the end of the year. And also, by the way, Savage, you're old. Just so you know. Thanks, Sylvie. Um, What a great friend you are. But
0: uh, (laughs) I'm old too. We are old.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you you really got to be careful you say that around me because some people are going to say you're not old. Um, That's true.
0: Age is relative.
1: It's all relative.
0: It's all relative. This
1: space-time continuum is constantly (laughs) changing based on your speed through it. Um, Okay, I think it's time. I think it's time we transition. Let's go to favorite moments. In the last 12 months. And I think we should start with you, Sylvie. What do you have?
0: Well, I teed these up with some time codes. And mm. uh, I got pretty pretty dang specific. On the whole, I have to say, I was thrilled with this last year's slate of guests. Mm. I just the conversations, real talk, were super varied. I love some of the topics we tackled. And yeah, I guess I started I started off my my look back. With uh episode 55. Okay. That was leaning into TikTok with Rama Vasan. And uh she just kind of blew me away with all of the ways that companies are building their brand on TikTok. I feel like you and I had very similar reactions, like TikTok was in the ether all year. Yeah. And I picked this moment out, so let's roll it. So we encourage brands to think like a marketer, but act like a creator. And by the way, there is no wrong way to find success on TikTok, truly. Uh, it's really about diving in and like, enabling like, great storytelling and creativity. And the brands that are successful are those that are willing to think beyond the more sort of traditional and fairly, frankly, antiquated marketing tactics to really lean into the authenticity and the conversational nature of the platform. I think what I loved about this, this particular moment that that quote was just so pithy and like on the nose, like think like a marketer, but act like a creator And to me that like really reinforces, you know, that at the heart of the very best marketing out there, it comes down to innovation and storytelling. So that's what I loved about this moment. Any thoughts? Any hot takes?
1: No, I mean, I think that's a great moment. Um, and what she described is true across so much of marketing and the transitions we're seeing today, right? Like, that's true on TikTok, but as everyone is more enabled to make video everywhere, stories are easier to be spread on different platforms. Like, thinking like a marketer, but acting like a creator makes a ton of sense, right? Like, we can look at the creators who have built these massive audiences. And it's like, how do you do that? It's like, you pick a channel, you keep doing it, you keep compounding, you figure out what your audience wants, you get better and better and better and better. Um, And I think there's a lot of lessons in that that are going to flow through to, you know, what's happening in B2C marketing, and then eventually what's happening in B2B. And so I think that moment, the way she encapsulated it it is incredible.
0: Totally agree. And uh, the whole conversation was actually a delight. So I encourage you guys to check it out. And... I have another moment for you. Okay. You didn't know this was coming. This is a fun little treat for you. Uh, roll it.
1: Growth comes from being uncomfortable. It doesn't come from like being in bliss. There's not much growth that comes from being in bliss, whether that's personal growth or physical growth or like mental growth, or in this case, company growth. It never comes that way.
0: Yeah, this was from episode 40, Growing and Scaling with David Cancel. You guys go, you know, way back. And this particular moment, I think, is so important for, like, founders to hear. It's so important for CEOs to hear. Anybody who's in an early stage anything where, like, the growing pains are just constant. I love that he was about leaning into the discomfort. And um, I actually think it's just good advice for anyone.
1: Yeah. I mean, I liked hearing it just now. Like, it, you know, it's it's a good reminder because a lot of growing and scaling is hard. There isn't an easy way through it, except usually after you look back, you're like, oh, that's what we did. Or that was the same as that time before. And like you build confidence that you've gotten through some challenge and you hope that you can get, you build more confidence, you get through more challenges in the future, but ultimately it is an uncomfortable process to grow.
0: 100%. So here's to growing pains all holiday love it, season. Love it.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what you want. <laughs> Just a lot of <laughs> growing pains as you eat too much. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like bigger belts. <laughs> bigger than belts. Pants.
1: Yes. Cool,
0: cool, cool, cool. Thank you, David. Cool. Cancel. Thank you. Um last one I have teed up for you, a bit more recent. Uh from our TTL slate. Let's roll. I think There's two components I think about for
1: events in general is one, the content and what you're actually providing, what the value add is, what people are expecting to get from the event and the content. The other is audience. And I think what makes an event really great is when you walk away and you feel like you've made a great connection or you feel like you've talked to other people like you.
0: So that was actually from episode 58, Going Live with Kinsey Trompak. And what I loved about this moment was that, you know, on the heels of Wistia's live launch, which was a huge deal, we basically got to sit down with one of HubSpot's live event aficionados and learn all about what makes a great live event. And I felt like there were so many good takeaways in that interview. And the one that she talks about that stayed with me is like feeling like you've made a connection, right? And like, I do feel with a live event specifically, that connection piece is so key. Um, so I just loved how she distilled that and uh, that's why I picked it.
1: That's great. Yeah, that was a fun one to do too. It was fun to do it live in the product with Kinsey talking about it. It was like the meta-ness of that it was... It was the most just meta. Just incredible. And lots of good tips in that. I the, One of the things I took away from that episode was around you should think about the message you're putting out into the world and if you... If it's a harder message to put out in the world, which seems like it maybe you wouldn't want to do it live, that's often the best stuff to do live because folks can actually comment and give you feedback. And there's an inherent like back and forth versus like finished video versus live event. And I thought that was like a really interesting takeaway. And it's totally true. And I think we do that naturally sometimes, um, especially internally, but we don't always think to do that externally. And so I thought that was a great takeaway from that episode too.
0: I love that. Totally
1: true. Great. Okay, so my turn. So obviously, I have no time codes. <laughs> I just want to be crystal clear on that. You're the producer of the show. You're organized. You help me organize. I don't have this. So we're just going to go with it. <laughs> and I hope that you can handle the chaos, uh, Sylvie. Oh, I can. So the first thing that stuck up to me when I thought back on this year is actually also from the David Cancel episode. Um, and, and it was the idea of when you're early in a space, the experts are the people with a month or two more knowledge than everybody else. And we were talking about Web3 at the time and like Web3 and NFTs and trying to understand this. And, you know, if you're really into it and really figuring it out, then as that space matures, you can be an expert. And that essentially happened to me with Wistia in terms of like when we started it, when I got into the video space and the SaaS space and all this kind of stuff. I think it's happening right now with generative AI where there's all this new technology come out left and right. Some people are paying super hyper close attention to this and playing with it every day and figuring it out. There's a lot of people who aren't, but the people who aren't will be impacted by it at some point. I mean, they're going to be who are the experts It's going to be the people who are playing with the stuff now. And it's just like with such a good lesson about around how spaces form and the opportunities as an entrepreneur when you jump into them
0: totally agree and and I guess the thing that I took away from that that discussion was that being early in a space also allows you to be the expert right like they kind of go hand in hand and and that's not something that occurred to me before talking to David
1: yeah I think that's right and being pro being a proactive learner and and trying out new stuff which means a lot of it is not going to work so like some some efforts gonna be wasted but you will see opportunities before others. And then when someone comes in two months later and they're like, who do I go to? They go to you. And it's right. it can, it's this compounding effect. And generative AI is an extreme example of this, but this happens in almost every industry. But I think it's really interesting to think about that proactive learning and playing around with stuff. Like when it's in toy form, before it turns into like product form is actually just really important. Um, and then, you know, when I thought back on the last year, like I think I've learned a lot from a lot of the interviews. There's been lots of moments that I've taken from, from the interviews that we've done that have entered into Wistia and the day to day. And I referenced talking to that a lot. And, um, you know, there was a moment from the most recent episode that we did at inbound. Yeah. And, with
0: Robert Chetwani and Hannah Shane.
1: Yeah. And, and Robert said this line of like the Atlassian strategy is to be patient and then to be greedy, which is a very simple idea. For those who haven't listened to the episode, great episode, but who haven't listened, the idea is like you give stuff away and you make things cheap so that people get started and they build trust with your brand and your company. But then once they've built that trust, once they're actually getting a lot of value, then it's way easier to tell them about other products or more expensive products or different services or whatever. And they'll actually listen. They'll actually care. But you only get to do that if you're first patient. And I think this is like a phenomenon happening all over the place, but often it gets talked about as tactics. Like, oh, if you have a free plan that looks like X, Y, Z, you'll get lots of people to sign up. But if you have a free plan and no one uses it, they don't get any value and they don't have a stronger relationship with the brand. It's pointless, right? Right. Um, and I just think it's like a really simple, easy framework that you can use to think about. It. So it's, that's one that stood out to me. There's tons of moments like that from episodes in the last year.
0: Yeah, they truly like. Now I'm thinking about that episode that you just mentioned, the inbound one, because another like little takeaway was about audience and customers. And it was know them, show them you know them, show them you care. Yeah. It almost shouldn't be as revelatory as it is. And yet, I
1: think a lot of this stuff is very hard won lessons that eventually you have the simple answer that sometimes seemed obvious at first, but you didn't have the credibility or the experience to back it up, right? And then when you talk to someone who's had that experience, they've had that credibility, they've done this thing that no one's done before, they tell you what that feels like, then it's like, oh, I can hear the lesson and I can take it and do something with it.
0: Totally. And I think what I hope, like, I guess for our listeners, is that they've been able to get those little takeaways and use them as much as like you and I have. Yeah, I hope so. Right? Yeah.
1: That's, that's the dream. That's, is like That's we don't, the dream. Yeah. We don't know which of the moments it's going to be. But like if we're talking to these folks who are really sharing the truth about their journeys, you know, I'm thinking about Michael from Skillshare and he's talking about, you know, what it means to oh like... Oh my
0: goodness. You know,
1: what happens when you have enough money that you don't have to work and what your priorities are and all this kind of stuff like... You can imagine that, but to have someone who's in that situation being that transparent, hopefully it it gives you some insight to your work or your life or your career that lets you make a decision a little bit easier, lets you sleep a little better at night, gives you more confidence that something that you are doing is the right thing to do. certainly happens to me all the time. There's so many moments like that, like the Mark Moses episode, when he came in and talking about managing through recessions, and like he gave this story about this Verizon franchise that grew Mm -hmm. massively. And the simple way that they grew is they got really, really focused on what the right inputs were. Mm -hmm. And the input behind the input, behind the input, behind the input, behind the input. And then once you understand that and you just focus on that, it should ripple through the system and have a huge impact. And in that case, it was like, it's kind of hard to think. Like if you have a franchise that sells Verizon phones and services, do you expect to grow that like 5,000 X, like most of us would not, but he's saying like, by focusing on the right inputs, they're able to do that. And if that can happen, then what's possible in your space? If you can figure that out.
0: A hundred percent. He was, he was very wise and also talked to us from a yacht. So
1: that's always a delight.
0: I was the first for talking too loud. All in all, though, it was a great year. There's so many honorable mentions. I can't even like. I just want to shout people's names out, like Rand Fishkin and Beth Monahan. But really, the the note is: take a listen. Take a listen to the last year of episodes because they there. were great.
1: Yeah. Get in there. Get in there. Listen to the episodes from last year. There's so many great insights, and there will be more over the next year. That I Woo. can certainly Damn. guarantee. And now it's time for the moment everyone's been waiting for all year. What gifts are we talking too loud about that you in
0: 2022? Yeah, in
1: 2022 that you too (laughs) can talk too loud about?
0: I totally cut you off, but that's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Who's starting? Should I start? Go for it. So I'm starting things off with uh, one of my favorite kitchen tools. Mm -hmm. And I had one for years, used it so much that it broke. Mm -hmm. Uh, Highly encourage everyone, uh, especially during the winter season, to purchase one of these. And it is an immersion blender. I happen to like a very specific model. It's the two-speed Cuisinart immersion blender. It doesn't get too crazy. Yes. It's just enough speed to puree some butternut squash but like stuff isn't going to go flying all over the kitchen you know you feel me
1: i have the same immersion blender and have ah! i have made many a soup with it
0: that's a first that's a first for and me that's first, a first time that that I- you
1: or i have ever had anything that's the same and it's this <laughs>
0: <laughs> we lead completely different completely lives different.
1: no that's a that's a great one it's very versatile there's so many things you can do with it you can make hot things cold things pretty easy to clean
0: So easy to clean. A lot of
1: blenders, very annoying to clean. But the immersion blender, woo, right in the little soapy water. Yeah, done. That's That's great.
0: That's it.
1: That's a good one. Should should I do one now?
0: You should do one now.
1: Okay. So for my first one, I am (laughs) going to go with, I think one of the things in winter and at other times, one of the things that people like to do, sometimes people like to play games. Sometimes people like to use puzzles. And I've gotten... Pretty excited about these wooden puzzles like this. This is from Unidragon. This is that little is
0: exquisite.
1: Out. It's exquisite. This is a, a what, this one's like 200 pieces. I think this is like $45. And the pieces are super interesting and in like what they look like. I don't know if you can see this here. Oh yeah. But they all are like crazy shapes. Get in focus. That's
0: very intricate. And so
1: it's like, it makes it really hard because if you don't do it in the right order, you can't put stuff together or there'll be this crazy shape that you think is the side and it's actually not. But these are fun and also very satisfying because as you build the puzzle, they click into place. Click, 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 click. Oh, that
0: I like. Um, A sonic
1: element to my puzzle. Me too. Love a sonic element. Love a (laughs) sonic brand. Love a sonic element. Um, (laughs) Love uh, a
0: sonic burger. I've actually never had one. Okay. But I think I would like one.
1: Yes, and uh, you can get these all over the place. You can get them on uh, Amazon.com, but th- the best that I know of are Unidragon and Wentworth are both quite good. And then top of the line, if you want to spend more money than you ever possibly should on one of these, mm. uh, you're going to look for a stave, but those are that's like three grand for like a 200-piece puzzle. It's absolutely monstrous.
0: <laughs> it's like a work of art. You're it basically through. is. Yeah. Actually, okay. the
1: stave ones are crazy. Um I have one stave that's like 40 pieces. It's like super, super tiny. Uh, but if you go to their site, they will have puzzles. And they tell you how long it takes to solve them on average. and some of them, the average time to solve them is a year.
0: That hurts my heart <laughs> in Cause ways. They're so,
1: Cause you can like put it together like 70% and it's wrong. And you have to like take it all apart and like it's-
0: That feels like a some kind of a Buddhist meditation Right there, like it one kind of year is. to yeah. solve. I wouldn't start with that. I
1: would start with the Unidragon, but that's that's my first one.
0: Okay, okay. I'm I yeah. I'll start Unidragon. Work my way up to a stave. Um, amazing. <laughs> this is far less complicated. Good, but also deeply satisfying. Mm-hmm. It is a gift certificate to a local bookstore, and here's the thing. I know that sounds weird. This is classic Adam. you.
1: Doesn't seem weird. Just classic Sylvie. Just old classic school me. And a pen, pen. Maybe a piece of gum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a stick of gum. No. Here's the thing. Okay. Everybody has like that quirky local bookstore in their city, and I feel like it's so easy to get books on Amazon. I get it. I'm. I do it too. But the other day, I walked into my local bookstore and had like the most riveting discussion with people who were just in there talking about books. And it was like right out of a musical. It was delightful. So you're not just giving a gift certificate. You're really gifting an experience. Like let people fall back in love with their quirky cities.
1: Okay. Wow. That's great. What denominate, how much would you suggest people spend on this gift certificate? $3,000
0: $3,000 as much as a
1: stave that's just a stave that's you know that'll change someone's life right there That's a lot of friends to make that's a lot of time to socialize.
0: I'm gonna say like I don't know and I feel like so I'm gonna sound cheap
1: just if say I say it. something
0: too little. I was gonna say a hundred bucks is nice. That sounds
1: amazing. That's a lot okay. of books Are you kidding that's me? That's a lot of books. Bu- well,
0: yeah, a hundred bucks. It's like four books.
1: Four books. Four quality books. That's what books. I'm estimating Okay, yeah, well, I think that's books. a great gift. I think that's a great gift. Good job. You Silver.
0: mocked it, but
1: I'm on board. Just
0: wait. Just wait till you go to your local. I will bookstore. now do
1: this for someone I still had a gift for. So good job. Um, okay, so my second this year is an app called Gyroscope. It's a Gyroscope. health and fitness app. I want to. I want to keep on brand. Oh, it's a health and fitness app. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa! And Not I think surprised. it's only on
1: iOS. So sorry for everyone on Android, but. Um, you connect all the different like stuff in your Apple health app to it. You can connect like, you know, Wi-Fi scales, you can connect your Apple watch, you connect your Garmin, you can connect like heart rate apps. You can put, you know, your blood data into this thing. And it creates this like holistic picture of your health. And it gives you like a holistic score that changes day by day based on how much you're sleeping and how much you're walking and like what all the best practices stuff are for health and longevity. And then it has all these really lovely courses and um, guides and stuff within it so you can tackle changing basic habits in your life to try to move your score up. And the score is how long until you die. And uh, so it's kind of fun because every time you go in there, it's like, oh, your life is at, based on the current score, you know, 49% or whatever.
0: (sighs) I'm scared of that gift.
1: It's great. It's great. You'd love it.
0: Would I just like contending with no, my you own mentality? No, yeah, I don't think, I, don't think would. I would.
1: I enjoy it. You would hate it, I think, actually. But I would I, I
0: would actually hate it. I yes, would, but I love it.
1: I love it. It's it brings me great sounds, joy. Yes.
0: That sounds demented, but I, yes. For
1: me, for, for, for someone you. who Demented who, for you. Yes. Demented for me. For me. I, and this is this is the truth. Totally
0: on brand. Totally, totally on brand, brand this, for you. That's
1: why I shared it. It's the truth. And I will also say this team is super tiny and they don't stop shipping. It is an inspiration. Like they are constantly, uh, constantly, constantly, constantly improving this thing. Um, so if you're into this type of thing, I think you'll like it.
0: Dang. Well, now my three is going to just be like jump change.
1: All right. What's What do you got for number three? It was
0: going to be an aura ring. Oh, okay. You have one of those? I don't have one, mm. but I want to get one because I was taking a small step into the future of technology, mm-hmm. trying to figure out more about my sleep health and mm-hmm. sleep hygiene. And Do you have an Apple Watch? I do. Okay. But yeah, compared to like knowing your death date, jeez Louise.
1: I think Aura does that. They all do it now. That's just, that's standard practice these days. Great, fantastic. Nice that these dovetail. And... Okay, my last one. Here we go. My number one. I guess it's the third thing I'm saying, but it's my number one gift. But it's your number, my number one. one gift. Okay. Got it. So I have to start a little bit with the story. So this year, a lot of my family is coming uh, for the holidays. They're going to convene at my house and my parents live close. My brother lives close. And so my family from Seattle and New York is all like coming here. Everyone's hanging out. And we thought, hey, should we go somewhere? Should we go skiing? Should we go to Vermont or something? And we're like, well, no, let's just, we'll we'll just go to Chris's house and maybe we should take some of the money we're going to spend on like renting a place and we'll come up with some fun activities. We'll come up with some fun stuff to do. So like, Love this is that. going to be awesome. This is going to be exciting. So I got really set on, we should get a hot tub. We should, get, we should <laughs> rent a hot tub. That's what I said. Let's, let's get out. You know what? That's what you want in the winter. I you didn't even know
0: tub. one could do that. Rent well, I
1: heard that you could do it. And I started looking into it. And what I discovered is that renting a hot tub for a week is usually about the same price as buying a hot tub.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Which is problematic. The plot thickens. Yeah, because it's yep. like,
1: well, if you're going to rent it, should you buy? It? But if you have to buy it, then you're installing these lines and all, doing all this stuff. And <laughs> if you're installing, <laughs> no. now you're signing up for a lot of work. No way. So then should no, I got no, a no. used one because it's cheaper, and so I don't feel the same level of commitment to it. And eventually, I stumbled my way to f- discovering that there is such a thing as an <laughs> inflatable hot tub.
0: Holy! That's right.
1: I'm telling you, you can buy a thing that comes in a box. And you fill it up with air and you fill it up with water. And you too, yes, anyone can have an inflatable hot tub. And I have hot. done this. And, <laughs> and I have an inflatable I'm hot tub speechless. in my house. And everyone's super excited. Oh, oh my and it's, God. And it's a, it's a Where line. does it
0: go? Like, where does it's, it go in your house? It's outside right now. Okay. You okay. can put it
1: inside. You know, you need to be, you know, where it's going to get uh, pretty, pretty, uh, Humidified, Steamy, steamy, wherever that thing is. Mm -hmm. But I like, you know, in the winter when it's freezing cold and you're outside under the stars and you're in the hot water. That's what I was going for. So uh, I bought the Intex 850 or something. Uh, It was extremely well-reviewed. Killer model. Oh, yeah. 850. I'm not even sure if that's what I have. I might have a (laughs) 950. I don't know. Just don't hold me to it. Um, But (laughs) it is a true delight. So now inflatable hot tip shows up. Everybody split it sitting in my patio, and we hot tub now. So I suggest this as gifts. It's a great gift.
0: Kudos to you. I think you crushed. You crushed that last one. The gift of knowledge.
1: Yeah. I think you should get a hot tub for your apartment.
0: You know, I'm thinking about it. I will let you know how that goes. Okay. Okay, good. I'll let you know how that goes.
1: Great. Perfect. Well, I I think, um, Sylvie, this has been an amazing year. We've had so much fun.
0: Ups, downs. All arounds,
1: ups downs, all arounds. I mean, the gifts so on brand. I mean, come <laughs> on, <laughs> very on brand for both of very, us, which very is very on brand, which is a true delight and a great way you're to go Like, out.
0: Here's a clock that tells you when you're gonna die, <laughs> and I'm clock. like, here's a book. <laughs> That's it. Um, That's pretty much it.
1: But I'm just gonna take this moment to be a little, you know, a great. I'm grateful for you, Sylvie. It's so fun to do this podcast. It's a joy to have all these great guests like come and hang with us and learn with them and um, hear what's going on in their world. And um, this is just, it's very fun. It's nice to reflect to this moment. So thank you, Sylvie, for all the work you do to,
0: thank you, Savage.
1: to keep this show going, keep it organized, keep it fun, get the time codes, you know, <laughs> prep for the guests. The time I, codes
0: are mad fun. I appreciate it. You, you don't even know. Well back at you. It's great when work can also feel like not work. (laughs) That wasn't very poignant, but this feels like a joy to do. Every time we record, I'm laughing, I'm thinking, I'm, you know, squirming a little bit because video, Mm -hmm. but uh, it is so amazing to be able to like reach the end of a year and be like, hey, we did this. We did this thing. And we're gonna do it again.
1: We're gonna keep doing it. And and shout out to the listeners, to the viewers, shout out to the loud talkers out there. We appreciate you. Um, if you have ideas, feedback, guests you want us to feature, please email us at ttlpodatwhis.com or hit us up um, on Twitter or LinkedIn. Just find us wherever. We want your feedback. We want your ideas. And we are taking a little break for the holidays, just a tiny little break. But we'll be back with the next episode after this on January 10th. Thanks, everybody, and Happy New Year.
0: Talking Too Loud is brought to you by Wistia, hosted by Chris Savage, produced by me, Sylvie Lubau, along with Adam Day, executive produced by Wistia Studios. This episode was mixed by Maria Passingham of Edit Audio. Listen to Talking Too Loud wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, rate and review us wherever you listen. And check out more content from Wistia Studios at wistia.com.